Thanks for another download of Bass Edge Radio. Be sure to tell a friend you love Bass Edge, they'll love Bass Edge too. That's right, Bass Edge Radio, as always, brought to you by our friends at MegaWare Keel Guard. Be sure to give your boat the edge. Put on the protection the pros pick from Keel Guard Keel Protectors. Visit them at KeelGuard.com. Bass Edge Radio, beginning right now with another spring edition featuring a fabulous angler from the southern state of Alabama. Let's get it on, Bass Edge Radio. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio. In three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing. Coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Well, as always, Kurt, great to be back at the mic. And it sounds like, from the looks of it, we have a uh, another pretty packed episode of ways to help us put more fish in the boat for the spring season that we all like so much. You bet, man. It's been jam-packed. I've been watching that Bassmaster Classic. That was cool. And then I've been really thinking about Hartwell. Dude, I gotta say this, man. The media is just out of control about stuff. You can learn so much whether it's watching old videos, new videos, you know, understanding techniques that happen at other lakes and other parts of the country. Relate them to your own fishery. Hallman talked about it in our previous episode about how he came up with some of the Okeechobee patterns that he established. And he talks about a lot of the media that he had was, you know, he watched a lot of stuff online. And and when he saw people catching big ones, they were fishing, you know, thick, nasty stuff. So what did he concentrate on to win the tournament? Thick, nasty stuff. So what am I doing right now, dude? I'm getting ready for Hartwell. I'm reading, looking, videoing, techniquing, all kinds of good stuff online and then implementing it out here on Lake Amistad, man. It's exciting. I'm ready to kick it off for the next event in the FLW Tour season. So I'm pretty jacked right now. You know, I couldn't tell from your somberness of how you describe that and, of course, uh, you know, your choice of English there. All good stuff. And, you know, speaking of all of the technique that you can find in the social media, it also amazes me, Kurt, how many people are actually dialed into this stuff. For instance, let me give you an example, and I'm going to throw out a shout-out to, you know, we're building a house 
house and that kind of has consumed about the last eight months of my life but our interior designer that has been working with Diana they were on a trip out to Tennessee and she's like you know we tuned in Bass Edge podcast for the entire time out there so you know what hats off to Krista because it's not just a male dominated sport anymore I had to get that in there because being a father of two girls you know what I'm all about equal rights right oh you bet man here at Bass Edge we've always been about that I remember you know Pamela <laughs> Wells that's right been on several times she's you know you can go through the old archives and uh but I got a good friend in Virginia that's had probably some of the greatest success as a female angler on the pro side in the opens is uh Christiana Bradley so uh man I always stay in touch with her but you know love the ladies involved in fishing if you don't then uh well just go to social media because there are so many clad ladies out there on social media. <laughs> it's it's fun to watch what kind of fish they catch every once in a while every once in a while I will let you own that all by yourself no I, I, <laughs> I, I know how you meant it it's no different than talking about me but hey we like to have a little That's fun right. here That's- and uh understanding is Kurt you have us a classic champion queued up for uh today's interview let me tell you what the T is set up real high with a huge ball on top of it and we're gonna knock this out of the park this guy has been with Bass Edge several times no further delay than we move into our pro angler spotlight with the Alabama boy from Florida Mr. okay I'm not telling come back right after the break Two fishermen came together with one agenda, to construct bass boats superior in design and build with a flawless finish, with our boats exhilarating handling and smooth ride. Extreme rough water just doesn't exist. We're not just building a boat, we're building a legend. Legend Boats. We have seen this angler begin to win nearly every year over the last five years. It's been since his classic win in 2012 since we've been able to catch up with him. Bass Edge regular Chris Lane, BASS Elite Series angler. Appreciate you being here with us today, Chris. Man, glad to be here again, guys. Chris, you know, I'm excited because it's almost as if you're in a different career than what you were back in 2012, which was the last time, like Kurt had mentioned, that we had chatted. But uh, one thing that has not changed that we share in similarities between Bass Edge and Chris Lane is your partnership with PowerPole. What's new with PowerPole and what are some of the changes that have occurred in the last few years that, quite frankly, Bass Edge Nation just might not be aware of? You're right. What a great partner. I mean, what a invention that has really changed the fishing industry in the way you fish, how many fish you can catch now by just slowing down and power pulling down and being able to, you know, have total boat control and fishing in areas where you don't have to scare the fish where you're trolling motor, where you don't get blown into the bank when you could have caught maybe a couple more fish there. You know, since 2012, they've come out with the micro, which went best of show out there at ICAST. And um, what an awesome product that is. That's for John boats and smaller boats and kayaks and all of that. And they've also gone to the wireless. It's all wireless now. And, and that's been around, but I'm just thinking back since 2012. You slap these jokers on and you're ready 
ready to go catch fish and you know you don't have to run the wires anymore they have a soft touch close which you know when that thing closes now it's a real soft close it doesn't even bank so these guys just done a phenomenal job with an awesome product no doubt taking it to the next level is there any more changes on the horizon that you can talk to us about with power pole and things that are coming down the pipe not that i'm aware of you know but these guys are good man they just keep coming up with stuff and it's an awesome company to be a part of and just truly been blessed to be with them really my whole career let's talk some little trivia so chris comes out on the elite stage your intro song is power pole down all right so one can you sing karaoke the song for us and two give us a little bit of background on the song and how that thing came together well one i mean it rings in my head i got my power pole down stuck in the mud in the bottom of the lake you know, I could keep going on. Dude, I like it. I and think then, that you need to be the new lead on that uh, song. Good stuff. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, here's the problem. The guy that actually wrote that song is a good friend of mine. He's been the songwriter of the year in numerous categories. He wrote I Saw God Today by George Strait. He okay. wrote Jason Aldean's Take Your Tractor Another Round. He wrote so many number one songs. Uh, Rodney Clawson out of Nashville and right. ha- had the opportunity to actually take him fishing about five years ago, I guess it was. And, uh, you know, just had, it's been awesome to have a relationship with him and for him to actually do that song and make that jingle was pretty cool. So, so I'm going to so be calling him. I'm going to say, man, we need to add a little bit more to it, you know? Right. So so did you get co-writing credit on that? Or is that how you guys came up with the song? Y'all went out fishing, talked about what the power pole does. And so did no, you get some credit? No, no co-writing on this one. That That's all him, man. Songwriters are pretty neat to be able to come up with the stuff they come up with. Yeah, that is really cool. Good stuff for the fans there. Chris, it truly always, you know, like I said, fun to get together and chat with you. I feel like I've watched you overcome so many obstacles and move to a new phase of Chris Lane fishing. I heard you say before that total commitment to the sport has kind of been that separation of where you were in the past to where you are now in your career and having that continued success. Can you explain what that means to Bass Edge Nation? 2011 was the year that it really changed around for me. When it comes to bass fishing, you know, and I look and I watch the guys that have been very successful in this sport, I kind of had to take a step back and say, you know, the Denny Browers, the Rick Cluns, the Van Dams, the Shaw Grigsby, the guys that have been, so many of them, that have had success in this sport. And actually, I realized that I was not working hard enough. And that's where that total commitment came in. When it came to putting another rod in your boat just to have just in case something changes or to make sure that all your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. I mean, yeah, you know, I love bass fishing and I love competitive bass fishing, but to fish against these guys on the Elite Series, to take it to the next level, you've got to turn it up a gear. And that's something that I wasn't doing, you know, spending an extra hour on the water, whether it's an hour earlier or an hour later, kind of studying the weather a little bit more, thinking about conditions and total commitment to all of it. I mean, just putting it all out there on the water. And I think one thing that really struck me and what worked for me was, you know, I was very critical of myself 
when it came to getting off the water and realizing when I didn't do well, why didn't you do well? You know, I started looking at that. Why didn't you do good? Everybody else is catching them. Kurt, I think really where this kind of got to me was all these slugfests that we had, of course, out there at Amistad, out there at Falcon, and all these slugfest tournaments that were going on. I never did well in any of those. And what I learned was is I was fishing for two and three pounders out there having fun. You know, that's not going to do you very good. And I learned that I had to leave everything on the water. For me personally, I had to leave everything on the water. So when I got off that day, I knew that I had given it everything I had for me and my family to perform the best that I could. And when I got off the water, I just needed to make sure that, you know, I knew that I had left it all out there. And if I did, and I did great, then great. But if I did and I didn't do well, you know, make some adjustments, but know that I gave it everything I had. Well, one thing too, Chris, that I want to bring up, you know, I've known you since, I guess, 05, 06 range and and always known you kind of personally in the person that you are. But the other thing that I think has really morphed kind of as you're fishing, not only your skill on the water, but also just your personality now. It's almost like you would always talk about that group of elite fishermen, right? As it was them, or I can't believe, you know, that's how they do it. Well, the reality is you are one of those guys now, which is fantastic. But the other thing is, is just how you carry yourself and allowing people to kind of see who you truly are and kind of that confidence and that maturity of not being scared to be your own person is really rewarding, I think, for Bass Edge Nation because now they are getting to experience the real Chris that Kurt and I have always known. Well, man, I appreciate that. Yeah, and I don't take any of it for granted because the one thing that I've learned is those guys that have been doing this for so long and the guys that, you know, Denny Brower was really my hair and him retiring, you want to leave the sport better than, you know, what you came in with it as, at least try to anyway. And to be at the level of an elite series bass fisherman, especially with the amount of kids that are coming out of high school now, the amount of high school fishing teams, the amount of youth programs that are out there, they're looking to see, hey, that's where they want to get to. Their dream is to be a professional bass fisherman. You know, I know the people that I looked at growing up and watching on TV, you know, I mean, you just want to try to do what you can and be a part to let those kids have something to come up to when they make it to the Elite Series and try to leave it better than when we were here. Yeah, certainly need somebody to carry the torch and uh, you're definitely the consummate professional capable of doing that. You know, let's let's shift gears a little bit now because you've been at Gunnersville for so long. Previously, you never had a ton of experience really outside of the Florida waters, which is where you grew up. Do you have a better understanding of why Florida bass are so fickle? This is selfishly motivated here on this question, but can you please shed some light on this for us? Because it really, quite honestly, drives me crazy. Oh, man, I tell you, it drives us all crazy. It drives every fisherman crazy. It goes down there when Florida bass have a cold front come through. Moving to Gunnersville and learning that fish bite in the cold, learning what I've learned up here in the seven years that I've lived here, it's just helped my career drastically. But I think going back to Florida, when a cold front does hit, you know, knowing, hey, these fish are still going to bite, change it up, throw a lipless crankbait, throw a chatterbait, throw different things. I think that one thing with Florida bass, what you realize is when it's warm and it's great, it's awesome. I mean, you gear yourself up 
for a slugfest. When it gets really cold and they get really finicky, like you're saying, you kind of have to just pull up the bootstraps and hang on, and <laughs> you know it's going to be a battle. I mean, to get three, four, five, six bites throughout the day, you're doing really good. And I think that is so much of the mental game of bass fishing that you just have to prepare yourself for. All right, so that's good to hear. It's to all of us. <laughs> Chris Lane sees the fickleness in those Florida bass, too, so that's good to hear. Chris, you know, last year you won the uh, season opener at the Sabine River, won it on a little lucky strike bait. I don't think at that time it was quite out to the public. Is that correct? That's correct. I think I had yeah. 25 of them. Right, I was actually right. gluing them together. You know, they were prototypes that we had, you know, hand poured and had just enough to finish it up and got the win there. You know, making that decision late to go back to the river and throw a spinnerbait in clear water right. was a huge, huge help. Yeah. So you got this whole live motion series from Lucky Strike. You kind of helped evolve it and develop it. Tell us a little bit about how that whole thing works. Give some insight of some pro angler and company branding and development of baits. And what are the baits that are out there right now that people need to check out? The new live motion line that we came out with, you know, Lucky Strike's a great company. I've been with them for, I guess, five years now. And, you know, they make everything that I need from jerk baits to hard baits to spinner baits to crank baits. Of course, Big Corn being a big part of that as well. But the live motion plastics that we came out with, we did didn't really try to reinvent the wheel. We wanted to make sure that we kept baits out that are proven to catch fish and just did our little tweaks to them, kind of made some um, adjustments on a few of them with colors and so forth. But the drop dead crawl is, is, you know, probably the most unique one with having two swim bait tails on a crawl bait. And I just think that subtle approach is what really gave us that win at the Sabine River because you got baits that put out a lot of action, then you got baits that put out a very little action. This was kind of in between and it just you know, the fish really seem to like it. So Chris, just tell us exactly how this goes down, you know. So Lucky Strike comes to you. They say, hey, look, we want to do some different soft plastic series of baits. So are you just diving in and giving them some developmental guidance or do they give you some stuff and you just do little tweaks? And how long does it take for all that to come together? We've been working on this for a long time. I think one of the best things, and this kind of goes to the kids in high school and in college and coming out and looking for sponsors. You want to make sure that you have a relationship with your sponsor so that when an opportunity does come like this, that you can work together and it's not like something that's just brand new and you're meeting people that, you know, hey, we're going to do a lot of baits. What do you think? Having a relationship with them, as long as I've had, having a relationship with Bobby Dennis, who's been in this industry forever and ever and ever, listening to their guidance, you know, because there's a big difference between what I think will sell and what people actually buy. So having that relationship with the people that have been in this industry, that know what's going on, that's actually taken these baits to the retailers and trying to get them in their stores, I think has a really, has been the success to this development and to making sure that when you go about doing it, that, you know, you're taking taking everybody opinion into perspective and at the end, you know, trying to sell baits that'll help people catch more fish. Right, right. Well, definitely some cool stuff y'all got going there. Besides the drop crawlers, there's uh, five or six other sweet baits in that line. So make sure the uh, Bass Edge Nation gets out there and check it out. But guys, we're going to need to take a quick break. Chris Lane will be right back with more Bass Edge Radio. Oh, oh, oh. 
Eventually, it's going to happen. You'll turn the key and your engine won't start. Don't lose your ability to get around. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts for a super start battery. Whether it's a reliable economy, hardworking premium, or powerful extreme, you'll find it at an everyday low price. Don't let a dead battery slow you down. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right, round two as we kick it off. Bass Edge Radio presented by MegaWare Keelguard returns with BASS Elite Series Angler Chris Lane in this episode's Angler Spotlight. Chris, I got to say, you know, the more you look at Gunnersville, the more it seemingly has turned into a rip-rap dominated fishery. I'm sure part of that is because, you know, a lot of the events are held in the springtime and in the fall. Can you explain the attraction that bass have to the rip-rap and other ways anglers need to look for to go out and catch some fish at Lake Gunnersville. Yeah, you know, the riprap, there's so much of it here because the bridges have just played a major role in Lake Gunnersville and people catching fish. But the one thing is, is, you know, really the fish relate to the riprap because there's a couple things going on. One, they get on there because of the warm, the heat, the sun. It's hitting the rocks. It's starting to warm it up. The bait fish love to cruise in there. The crawfish love to hang out in rocks. They love getting in those holes. And the bass love to sit there and wait and ambush them. Plus, it's a pathway through where they're wanting to go spawn, where they're wanting to get in the shallow water. So the riprap on Lake Gunnersville and pretty much throughout the entire country just creates a great ambush spot. It creates a great pathway. And when it's cold, they love getting on that on those warm rocks. So it's just a great place to catch fish throughout the entire country, especially here on Gunnersville. You know, and then as the shad spawn, they love to spawn on riprap as well. So for a good four to six months out of the year, riprap is an excellent place to catch fish. Yeah, that's good stuff right there. And Chris, I want you to pull out your crystal ball for this next question. As you look at the upcoming season, it seems that you've really taken a comfort with turning two rivers into a favorite of yours and certainly an unknown for the Elite Series in Georgetown, South Carolina. How should an angler dissect such a vast waterway when visiting for the first time? That is a big place. Oh, my goodness. I was looking at it on Google Earth, and I'm like, holy cow. That's one of those areas that, you know, I look at it as a lot like the Sabine River. You know, you're going to have to kind of buckle down. You might have to fish, you know, one day way away, one day close, and one day in the middle. Wherever you're going to get your more bikes, maybe kind of concentrate on that area. But trying to cover all of that water in three days, is going to be tough. So I think you have to really go back to your roots and find what you like to fish, whether it's riprap, whether it's grass, whether it's point. Find out what's going to best suit your style and then go at it hardcore. Hey, Chris, so what is it with the rivers? You know, I start thinking about this. Of course, one of the opens that you won was up there at the Harris Chain and uh, you fished in the river. And then, of course, you won the Classic at the Red River. And then you won St. Clair and you fished at the mouth of the river. Dude, what is going on with the <laughs> River and Chris Lane. What what is it? You like the current? It's easier to position the fish. You just understand it better. Where you at with that? Well, my seven year old daughter would say the same thing when I went to some other river. She was like, "Daddy, you always do good on rivers." And I never really looked at it. You know, I never really realized that. Man, you know, rivers have been really, really good to me. I think it's probably you know has some to go back to my roots of growing up in Florida, especially tidal water fishing a lot of salt water, kind of understanding fish and tides. I think that that plays a big role, especially in the river systems that have tidal change, whether it's a foot or whether it's eight foot, like it was up there.
there in Pennsylvania. Understanding that and having confidence when you go out there, it's just one of those things that, that does position fish differently. And timing is a big, big factor. You know, you might only have an hour or two hours and you kind of have to make sure that you got everything right and dialed in and take advantage on that hour or two that the bass really, really bite in a river system. Yeah, yeah. You say that about Pennsylvania. Of course, he's referring to the uh, Delaware River where you had a top five on that for then I, I was remiss to miss the point that you won the Sabine River last year. I mean, dude, it is a total deal. Chris Lane and rivers. Fantasy fishing, if you're on a river and Bassmaster is there and Chris Lane's on the list, you better check it twice because he's probably going to do pretty well. That's good <laughs> stuff. What is the deal now? Let's list one more question about kind of a, no, it's not an oddity, but something that you really grasped here over the last several years, and that's catching those brown fish. Dude, you're the Big- Florida. Big brown fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. You're the Florida guy. Obviously, you know, one thing I think that probably helps you out is a lot of smallmouth relate to grass. So that probably helps you out in a lot of ways. But you've become very good at catching the fish up north, the big brown smallmouth. What's the secret? What do you look for coming from so far away from smallmouth that you couldn't get really any farther? So help out our listeners up north on what you're keying in on to catch those big brown fish. There's two things that really, really excite me when you're heading up north and that's catching big brown smallmouth and catching a lot of them. I think the one thing that it comes to smallmouth, at least with me, there's two things. If there's grass in the lake, if there is grass in the lake and the smallmouth are biting in there, it's just awesome because you can throw a swim bait, you can flip a jig, just depending on how high the grass is. Those big smallmouth hang around there because that's where all the bait fish are. Now, it's like Oneida Lake would be a perfect example. When you find a group of fish or an edge of a grass line. I remember fishing next to Aaron Martins in a tournament up there one time. We were just fishing the grass line, just kept fishing down the grass line and catching fish pretty much down that whole entire grass line. You know, that's just on a drop shot or throwing a little jig. The grass was higher. You know, that's just an awesome way to catch big smallmouth because they love to relate to that grass. Now, when it comes to like Lake Erie or some of those lakes that are just wide open and there's really no grass out there, they love those shoals and it's kind of funny and I hope that the bass edge fans don't take this the wrong way <laughs> me and Bobby you know tried to figure out the smallmouth this was years and years ago when we were first starting to go up there and right. what we learned is if you just whale a drop shot out there and you leave it in the water long enough you're going to get a bite because <laughs> there's so many of them and they can see it from so far away so that's just kind of an inside joke that me and him kid around about a lot of the times but really the water is so clear you have to imagine that those fish can come from a mile away and they will to get that bait and once you find a school of the right smallmouth usually you know, catch three and four pounders you're in a great spot and there's plenty of fish around you know that's one of the things too when you find one usually you find quite a few great stuff for our friends up north and uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts listener question segment obviously O'Reilly Auto Parts better parts better prices every day we've got a question for you Chris and this was I don't know how this happened but it was like teed up it just came in like two or three days ago, but uh, comes from Kevin Pope. He says, I live in central Florida. I'm very accustomed to fishing the normal Florida ways, flipping mats, casting soft plastics over hydrilla and long grass lines. I notice when the pros fish our waters that many catch big bass doing different things like cranking shell beds, swimming jigs, or reeling chatterbaits over grass flats.
flats. Tried these techniques, but with very limited success. What are you doing or finding that he might be overlooking? Well, I think one of the biggest things is as a Florida angler, because I have been exactly in your shoes, Kevin. I know exactly what you're talking about. When I went out there and I'd throw a crankbait on shell beds or I threw a chatterbait over the grass flats, I only did that for just a very few minutes, you know, whether it's 10, 20, 30 minutes, that's it. Because in the back of my mind, I'm still thinking, man, I got to get in the lily pads. I got to get in the mats because that's how you've always and traditionally, that's how you'll always catch fish down in Florida. These guys, you know, are spending all day out there practice and trying to find that little group of fish that's on those grass flats or on that shell bed. And they fish it the entire day to where when we go out and do it, we just do it for a short period. Oh, they're not biting. Let me go back up to the bank and, you know, catch some more fish. So I think it's one of those things where you have to give it a little bit more time and kind of really understand a little bit more what you're fishing because I promise those guys aren't going out there and just whaling over grass. They've been out there practicing and it might be where that grass drops from three feet down to eight feet and they're fishing that little drop right there. You know, they understand a little bit more because they've been out there practicing. But I think when we go out there and try it, it's just something that we're confident that we can catch them on the lily pads and in grass mats and not giving it enough time and actually having the confidence out when you go out there to try to catch those fish. Great response. I would probably reiterate to add what you said, Chris, you know, is when I know you well enough, when you and Kurt are out there doing that, you're committed to it, right? You're putting every other rod or every other technique kind of out of your mind and maybe even out of your boat for the day of which you're going to do that because you know somewhere, somehow you are going to find those fish and it's probably a confidence thing too. Yeah, I agree. You know, confidence has a ton to do with bass fish. For sure. Well, certainly uh, appreciate, Chris, you taking time. Kevin, you should probably forward that O'Reilly gift card to uh, Chris because I've got a feeling that is going to help you put more fish in the boat. But also, don't forget, Kevin, be sure to email us via support at BassEdge.com or go to BassEdge.com and click on the Claim Your Prize segment. And if you have a chance, shoot us a picture and we'll get you posted on social media announcing you as this episode's winner of the O'Reilly Auto Parts listener question. That's right, guys. Make sure you continue sending in those questions to our Facebook page or Twitter handle or shoot us an email support at BassEdge.com Chris, certainly as always great having you with us again wishing you all the best in the 2016's Elite Season. What closing thoughts and words of wisdom do you have as we part our ways here today? Man, guys, I appreciate you having me and all I can say is time on the water is an awesome thing and if you have a chance to take some young kid fishing, have at it because it'll change their life too. That's great chris it's been awesome catching up today have a great year bass edge radio will be right back now you can order bass edge season three on dvd own the best resource for tips and techniques in bass fishing as host aaron martin tackles lakes across the country with the industry's top pro anglers including denny brower boyd duckett randy howell and dave wolak this two disc set includes all 13 episodes that's over 10 hours of bass edge including interviews bloopers and highlights all for just 19.95 order online at BassEdge.com and be sure to check out previously released dvds like bass edge seasons one and two and electronics 101 Bass Edge Season 3, now on DVD at BassEdge.com. This is the SLW Tour Pro Bradley Hallman. You are tuned in to Bass Edge Radio. Chris. 
Chris Lane back at the mic and delivers the goods, Mr. Dove. Dude, totally. Favorite part? The karaoke. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's what you listen to when you're uh, doing your manscaping, probably, huh? Dude, power pole down, man. It's freaking awesome. I I love it. I like the fact that Chris sang for us. I think that was the coolest part because I feel like I'm the only jack leg that will sing on this radio show. (laughs) But uh, Chris pulled it out, man. It was awesome. I dug it. Oh, yeah. And not only did he pull out the karaoke, he pulled out the guns on the inside information. Just so many things, almost too many to even kind of rehash. But I really like how he has taken his overall fishing of not just being, you know, in the Florida, the grass and those type of things of which he has always excelled at. But he's a threat anywhere he goes now. A hundred percent. I talked a little bit in the interview about watching, you know, Chris come up through some of his obstacles and things. We started the Elite Series right around the same time. And, you know, he alluded to his brother, Bobby, obviously in the interview, Bobby Lane. Everybody knows who he is. Also has another brother, Arnie Lane, the Lane Trio, Hammer Time down there in Florida back in the day, obviously still super strong fisherman. But, you know, early in his career, if you knew Chris Lane or followed him, totally different dude, man. I mean, totally different. I remember him having to borrow cars at events because he had his whole family with him and his kids were really young. He just had so much going on. I often wondered, how does that dude concentrate to catch a fish? And maybe the fact was that he wasn't concentrating quite enough and he figured out how to compartmentalize different aspects in his life, you know, not only in life in general, but also within fishing itself to become the perennial powerhouse that he is today. So man, hats off to Chris. Just really cool to watch him progress and uh, just a fun dude to be around. No doubt. And I would throw out there uh, just kind of to contrast what you said, you know, it perhaps is not the fact that he wasn't concentrating. He was just concentrating on the right stuff at that point in time and in his life, which was his young kids and family. And certainly now that is paying huge dividends, being able to kind of switch that attention. We all know for those of us that have kids in the early years, they take a little more time and certainly a lot more patience in the earlier years. I can certainly say that about Maya and Malia, but hey, Kurt, we have once again came to the conclusion of this week's episode, which is number 228. Kurt and I will be back at the mic with you April 1st. April 1st. Remember, get those taxes done if you haven't done so, because extensions are a sure red flag for an audit, speaking from Kurt's experience. All right, for Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin. We will see you next time, everybody. So long. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Keel Guard keel protectors. The Edge is presented by KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Mercury Marine, Lowrance, Powerpole, and Rapaholic.com.